Good morning and welcome fellow sovereigns. And for some reason, I feel the urge to read your story. I haven't done this before. So this is one that came out of my pen having a coffee about a month ago. Mildred Mason was a girl to be remembered, slender with red hair made of unruly springs, freckles and a gap-toothed smile that disowned the grumpiest of people. She seemed incapable of walking, for she skipped everywhere, her rebellious hair a haystack in springtime, bouncing and flouncing with every skip and wind-blow moment. Her transcendent naivety softened all hearts, and everyone knew her as one who couldn't give offence, and couldn't take it either. The troubles of the world, the complaints and the insults seemed to go unnoticed by Mildred, or, if they didn't, they slid off her like melted butter off a hot knife. It was impossible not to like her, although it was always a puzzle that she chose the occupation of librarian. She brightened up any space, and our local library certainly blossomed from her presence. Her bouncing personality brought people in like gypsies to a fire. She seemed too big a personality for a library, a quiet, studious place. She loved books, and knew books. By gosh, she knew books. And it was her gigantic presence that seemed to need more open spaces. So I went to that library as I'd never been to another, full of anticipation and generous smiles, reflecting Mildred's big smile. The other mystery that took me over a year to broach with her was why she always went home alone. I am not a brave man, and it took me a long time to convince myself it was a good idea to invite her for a coffee, and another long time to dredge up the courage to actually do it. As we faced each other across the small cafe table, her smile seemed less certain than I'd ever seen it. Though I'd planned a small speech and rehearsed it in the mirror a dozen times, the words just wouldn't come. And if they did, my throat had filled with ash anyway, and sounds wouldn't come out. Are you okay? she asked, leaning forward a little, concern written across her furrowed brow. I, I nodded and went redder than I already was, feeling my armpits becoming damp. I wished the coffee would arrive so I could rinse my throat and up utter some words. The waitress delivered glasses of water and I took a grateful sip. So why did you invite me here, she asked. Because I wanted to, I said, meaning to go on, but the ash came back and clogged my throat. She laughed, but it looked like her laugh was shaped more by confusion than joy. I dug myself a hole and had to go on. Because I want to know, I think she realised I had more to say and didn't laugh this time. To know what? Her smile was more concerned than amused. What? Ah, uh, uh, yes. To know why you... The words backed up in my throat, blocked by embarrassment, and our coffees finally arrived. Why I... She shifted back in her chair a little. Oh, gosh, this sounds awful, I said. I took a sip and burnt my tongue. Ow! My eyes watered and I swiped at them to clear the fog. Are you okay? Uh, yes, just hot coffee. Okay. I feel really, really awful. But you've started, so you must go on, she said, echoing my thoughts. Yes, I must. I took a deep breath and a sip of water to cool my mouth. You are a frustrating and intriguing man. Please go on, she said. 
She looked really serious now, as if her eyes would shoot poisonous darts if I had disobeyed. Yes, yes. If you have a boyfriend. My words fell out with equal parts of relief and embarrassment. The smile fell from her face and she sat back, silent and unmoving. Oh gosh, I said, as heat filled my face and I felt like I was sweating with shame. But I was afraid to move my hand to check. The silence leaked from us and slowly filled the cafe. It felt like everyone went silent, that the world went silent. She sort of wobbled in her seat as if trying to make up her mind about something. I wished I could have, I could have thought of something to say and I wished I could have opened my mouth to say something. But no wishes were granted. She leaned forward, her mind made up, and I squirmed, wishing I could escape through a hole in the floor. That wish wasn't granted either. Why would they? she asked quietly, and I had to strain to hear her three simple words. They what? I realised her eyes were leaking a little, and she made no move to wipe them. A truly authentic woman, not pretending to be something she's not, I thought. Go with me. It seemed she was fighting hard to get each reluctant word out. Go with you? I was trying to put my question and her answer together, but my stolid brain wasn't putting anything together. Yes, why, why would they? Go with you? My brain had woken up. Yes, she said with a sigh as deep as God. Why would anyone? Why wouldn't they? Because I'm ugly, she sat back as if that was the end of the conversation, trying to poke stray sprigs of red hair into her hairband. They sprang straight back out and she wiped away a tear. You're ugly, but you're... you're... God, I really had to find the courage to say it. Please, God. You're beautiful. Embarrassment and relief flooded through me as her eyebrows bounded up and her tears turned into a grin. I had to make up my own courage if God wouldn't give me enough. You are really beautiful, Mildred. So beautiful. I felt powerful. Are you being rude, Nigel? She asked quietly without malice, her head shaking a little. I have never been more serious, Mildred. You are beautiful. But I'm ugly. No, you're not. They all say I'm... Who is they? Well, my father... He always said I was ugly, happy but ugly, and no one wants an ugly girl. He said that to you, his daughter. Yes, he always said it. You're ugly and lucky you're happy. So I tried to be more happy to make up the ugliness I couldn't change. He said it more than once. I was astounded and my face probably showed it. He said it all the time. She put her forearms on the table and I thought she was going to lay her head down and cry. But she leaned forward and looked me in the eye, probably checking if I was honest or not. You are a very beautiful woman, Mildred Mason. It felt easier to say each time and I felt more power flowing into me. But he... but I... but he's wrong and you're wrong. Another of her God-deep sighs. But I always thought... That you were so ugly that no one would want you? She nodded slightly, more tears caressing her freckled cheeks. Since you believed you were ugly and unlovable, love never came your way. 
I didn't know where these words came from, and I suddenly realized I was talking about myself and how unlovable I'd always felt, and the lack of friends in my life. Her upturned hands were right in front of me, on the table, asking to be touched, to be loved. My courage grew, and I laid my hand on her, in hers. She didn't pull back. You think I'm beautiful? Her pale blue eyes were returning to their open happiness. No, I don't think, Mildred. I know you're beautiful. Another huge sigh and her fingers curled into mine. My watch said it was one o'clock. I think you have to go back to work, but can we do this again tomorrow, I asked. You really want to, surprise and a shy smile in her face. Every day after that, I told her she was beautiful. It took her six months to be able to form the words, You are beautiful, Nigel. And once she could, she said it to me every day. We also said it every day to our daughter, born two years later. And God bless you and all who sail in her.